Welcome to the March to a Million podcast with Greg DuPont, founder of the Wealth Solutions Network. In this podcast, Greg shares his journey to positively impact one million lives by creating an army of financially minded attorneys who embrace an expanded role in their clients' lives. Greg and his guests challenge the status quo in the legal profession and the financial services industry and show attorneys how they can improve their lives, provide greater value to their clients, and experience greater professional satisfaction. Join us in this movement and strengthen your business by learning how to solve your clients' most pressing financial problems. Hello and welcome to another March to a Million podcast with Greg DuPont. Today, we're going to go back to the sixth pillar and talk a little bit about that pillar in a different way. So one of the things that we had talked about was mindset previously, but now we're actually going to kind of put that mindset into action. So Greg, how do you want to begin the show today? So, you know, when we talked to Ben Glass in the earlier episode about the sixth pillar, you know, that conversation was focused on taking ownership of this role uh, and in expanding your view of what you are as an attorney and being um, empowered to do that. And what we're going to talk about today is the other, I guess, I, I can't say the pillar of a pillar. That's that's a little bit uh, redundant or whatever, or what have you, but the cornerstone of a pillar, can you say that? I don't yeah, know. Yeah, yeah. But you know, the other fundamental of this pillar, the first one being accepting the mindset that, yep, I'm, I can adopt this role and I can be this person for my client. And that's what Ben talked about so eloquently in our other conversation. And today I am going to talk to another very eloquent person about how this is not really sales. This is influence in a good way getting people to take the actions that they need. And when I thought about this, I'm like, gee, do I know anybody that has anything to do with a subject of influence? And hey, Matt, why don't you tell people that are listening exactly what you do outside of your conversations with me in our March to a Million? Yeah, so we run the largest influence acceleration company for financial advisors in North America. I mean, this is it, helping experts build their influence and becoming more influential within their ideal target market is literally what I, I mean, that's what I do for you, brother. I mean, that's why we have a relationship um, and we do that in financial services specifically. So, so what I wanted to share, you know, I'm going to, going to draw upon your experiences. I mean, how many, how many people did, have you done essentially one-to-one -one coaching on in the financial world over your career? It's, it's gotta be thousands, right? Well, it's about a thousand, right? So yeah. whether that's direct interviews, whether that's direct coaching, whether that's what we do here. Uh, but yeah, I, I have a few advisors in advisor offices under my belt. Yeah. So when I started this journey, and as we talked about before chronicling it, you know, I started inside the belly of the beast and came back out yeah. and I started drinking some of the sales Kool-Aid that came from the belly of the beast. And I had to get out before I became too polluted. But it really has been a journey for me over the last 15 years of this evolution, as it were, uh, to get to where I am now in terms of filtering out some of the sales noise to what it really takes to connect and influence and get your clients to do what they want to do and get them past all that. 
And so what I'd really would like to, to maybe to have you pull out maybe is what you've observed, because as we said off, off side, you know, that I think what we're doing here in our approach with the six pillar, the way that we approach the client is doing what the top 1% of the financial advisory world in terms of their, their production such do with their clients, not the other 99% that, that are worried about, you know, closing strategies and all of that happy horse shit that's out there in the sales training world. So I, I'll just throw that for a response and see where we yeah. go. So the best of the best advisors that I worked with and have worked with uh, in the past and currently work with, they, they don't ever sell. In fact, what happens is, is people come in pre-sold and whether that's because of their creating wonderfully interpersonal creating content or content for a specific niche, or they just, they wait for it. Right. So, so let, let's break down some of that deprogramming, Greg, that you just talked about, right? When I first got into sales, the first thing they said is never ask a question you don't know the answer to. And you know what? Every day I always try to ask questions. I don't know the answer to, um, because that's when magic happens. And in fact, that top 1% spends 85 and actually there was an orion study about this and, and now that i'm saying that i'm probably gonna have to provide that for you so i'll have to find it um that the top one percent of advisors spend 85 percent of their time in client meetings listening and and the other 99 spent the actual absolute they spend 15 percent of their time listening and 85 percent of the time talking in your system is perfectly set up because listening is the majority of what you need to do. Because here's the deal, Greg, they end up selling themselves. That's it. If you know the right questions to ask, if you know the real value and you've changed that mindset, people are ready to buy from you. That's the difference between sales and influence. Sales is I got to hard close you. I got to make you say yes and sign on the dotted line and give me a check or whatever. Influence is people buy from you. And that in my world is just way, way more comfortable. Now I want to, now I'm going to flip this back on you though, mm. because I'm not saying that I still don't use some sales techniques. I, let me rephrase that. I use influence techniques. And so there's a wonderful book by a guy named Dr. Robert Cialdini. It's called the seven principles of influence, right? And if you, that is the greatest sales book I've ever read because it is the antithesis of sales. And when you started deprogramming yourself from the world of sales, how long did you, did it take for you to get the confidence to move into what the sixth pillar really is, which is this idea of being more influential? It took me a lot of loss. A lot of uh, trial and error. Uh, and then when I finally looked back uh, at my journey and I saw what were the clients that we were able to move forward as opposed to the ones that we were not able to move forward. And, and I started thinking about those conversations. And then that context, I started getting some other insight from other coaches about, you know, what are we really trying to do when we are influenced? And, and we, we're trying to get people to move from where their current state is to their desired state. That's it. And, and that 85, 15 um, percentage that you, that you talked about, it wasn't until I started adopting that, 
uh, and where I'm listening and connecting, uh, actively listening, which is another level of listening, right? We, we can go into that. That's a whole nother conversation. But one, you know, there, there was a phrase that, that I'd heard before that did not latch until this recent evolution, you know, X months ago. And that is telling is not selling. Ooh. And I thought back to all of the times that I went into lawyer mode and I'm throwing out statistics and trying to convince. Uh, and you know, then I, then this, the second quote that I latched onto came from my Dan Sullivan world, which was a, attractive offer, compelling offer beats a convincing argument every time. And the part of that is if you find yourself talking statistics and building the compelling case, well, okay, you're arguing. And so, you know, as, as the sixth pillar, we've got a number one, we got to kind of strip away some of our our lawyerly tendencies, which is to make convincing arguments, mm-hmm. but not go into the sales world where we're trying to figure out strategies for closing, you know, going in and doing <laughs> Sandler sales type of tactics. You know, I remember a client a couple of years ago that, that, um, that I was trying some Sandler stuff on. And for those of you that don't know Sandler, it is a, uh, they're out there B2B sales, paying money and all that stuff. And I was trying to do that. And so I was in my initial call conference with the, with the prospect and I got through my Sandlerism and he's like, Oh, nice upfront contract, Greg. <laughs> <laughs> People know these sales tactics out there. Yeah, they sure do. So to that 85, 15, I'll flip this back to you there. You know, it, you know, what we're trying to do is, get them to know us, get us to know them and their story. Cause they don't want to hear you talk. They want to hear themselves talk. And I'm sure you can address that in terms of influence, how people love to hear themselves talk. And that's the number one thing to build a relationship off of. It's, it's amazing that the, the greatest ways for you to build trust quickly is by saying as little as possible. <clears throat> and there's some wonderful, and you know, my background is actually, my background is actually as a therapist. And that was a huge technique that therapists use is, is having people discover what their issues are, because if they, if they become aware of it, if, if they um, have that realization, the probability of them, it's just like in sales. If you make the realization on your own that I am the right person for you, then the probability of you following through is much, much higher. But you know, the the, the other one of the other things that now, and I'm, again, I'm sorry, I'm I'm, I'm going to push back this to you here in just a minute. But one of the reasons why um, I believe that experts can accelerate their influence much, much faster than other people who don't sell their expertise for a living. Which you're in the expertise economy. This is this is your whole system, right? And so is because those arguments that you're talking about, you need to put those in a easy to consume, portable way for people to accept those when they want to. So that is the huge difference between sales and influence is sales is you're in front of me right now. I'm going to cram this down your throat. You're not going to leave until you sign on the dotted line. I mean, I, I, I sold cars at one point in my life. It was a horrible job. And I remember people talking about taking the car keys and throwing them up on a roof. 
and saying, well, you know, it's our car now. I mean, that's the sort of, now that's a little more aggressive than Sandler's sales training. But, you know, if you really look at that, the, the, so influence and what you have built here is also a content strategy that people opt into. So your uh, your clients, your B2B to C, so you're the B2B, your business clients, your other business owners are going to be able to utilize your content in order to make it so that they can communicate that to their clients. Those clients opt in, Greg. That's half the journey of the sales anyway, dude. And so, you know, they, they start, you know, reading some of the arguments that you guys are talking about but since they asked for it, that is a huge difference between, and that's that tell, don't sell, right? And so I'm going to tell you the information because you bought into it and you buy into my my communication, my influence, my content. And then all of a sudden when they show up, they're freaking pre-sold, dude. Uh, and that changes absolutely everything. First off, you don't feel yucky at the end of the day. I know it's a real technical term, but dude, I remember when I, especially I've sold for a long time and I remember getting done selling things at some points and walking upstairs and my wife was like, yeah, so you got another client. It's probably not the right one. It's like, yeah, look, I got to put food on the table, right? I mean, as an entrepreneur, you, you know that, I know that um, because I didn't have this influence mindset previously. So what do you think about that? Now, a couple of point, places I'd like to jump off on that, because um, first, nobody went to law school to be an insurance salesman, <laughs> right? Yeah. Uh, yeah. And, and but there's also, you know, there, it's well known that, you know, everybody's selling. You're always selling something. As a matter of fact, one of my, my favorite books, which I make available to, um, uh, you know, to the members of WSN, uh, you know, people buy you. This is what it's all about. You're trying, you know, part of your influence that you mentioned is people, when they come to you, they know that you know your stuff. When you are telling, you are trying to convince yourself that you know your stuff and you're getting in your own head. What you really need to be doing is assuming, you know, a good friend of mine through, through the Sullivan world smacked me upside the head one day and said, Greg, step into your authority. Ooh. And I'm like, you know, I wish I would have heard, had somebody smack inside head a year ago on that. Yeah. And, 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 and that's what we're teaching people WSN. And again, that gets back to our conversation with Ben Glass. When you're in that room with that person, you may not have done a hundred different Roth conversion approaches in your past. Well, your team has got your back. You just need to know that you know more than they know and that you are looking for what they want and helping them make this journey, the journey of change, which is very difficult for people. You had just said something there. First off, stepping into your authority. The people that are going to be joining WSN have more education than 80% of the population, right? And so it's interesting because I have a twin 20-year-old boys, and we talk a lot about imposter syndrome. And they'll look at me and they're like, well, dad, you don't have imposter syndrome. I'm like, what are you kidding me? Uh, I struggle with this a lot. So how, how do I overcome that? Number one is 
in part of being so, so one of the greatest ways to build trust quickly is going from a position of weakness to a position of strength. And this is in Cialdini's book. And so saying, I don't know, I just, I changed the entire perspective of that person who's sitting across from me. I don't know the answer to that. And you don't say anything else after that. I, I don't know the answer to that. And you let it sit because then the person's going to be like, oh, you, you don't know. You know what? And in fact, in, in most sales processes that I have been in, uh, I always use that, even if I necessarily know the answer, because I want to, I want to just change the power dynamic because again, I want people to buy from me, Greg. I don't want to sell to people, right? So, so here's the deal. But you said, I love how you said this. So I'm, I'm, I'm glad that this is being recorded, but I might not know the answer, but I've got a whole team that this is what they specialize in, right? I know, I know enough to, to see that you have this issue, but I'm not necessarily a person who needs to solve the issue for you because I have people who are experts in this, who, by the way, that answers one phone call away. Do you want me to make the phone call now? Of course, they're going to say, no, Greg, you know that. But just taking that step, that the little bit of that humility, that humble approach is such a great way for you to build trust. Because after you say, I don't know, the next thing that you do say, you are going to be that authority that you need to step into, and you have built trust so much faster. And the best part about all of this, this has all been studied, right? So this is not, uh, this isn't Matt Haller and just waxing philosophical. Like Dr. Robert Cialdini and his team at, I think it was the University of Arizona, figured this stuff out. They actually did clinical studies on why these influence techniques work. So when you, so when you're helping uh, estate planning attorneys really step into this world, I want all of them to know that it's okay to say, I don't know, because, well, you don't. And two, it's going to help you build a deeper relationship. Have you ever used a humble approach like that? Absolutely. Yeah. And and I'll add uh, to what you said a little bit that it's, uh, I don't know, but I have a process mm -hmm. that leads to that answer. And I have a team behind me to be able to ferret out anything that we need. Uh, and, and that's, that is the core of pillar six, you know, that, and, and all of WSN dude. Yeah. So. Yeah. That, that you can walk in and don't, you don't know, need to know the answer, but you need to know exactly what Matt just talked about that. I don't know, but I've got a process and I've got a team and I'm going to be here for you. And what's this team supposed to do? Well, you have told me that right now you're here and you want to get there. Mm -hmm. The process will get you from here to there. And I'm here as your guide. And then, by the way, I'm going to be here tomorrow as well. Yeah. So, so who do you have? A, so in the world of medicine, who do you have a major relationship with? In the, in the world of medicine, 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 like the doctors and stuff. Who no, do you no. have a major relationship with? Uh, I have my GP that I go to every year. Right. So, but that GP doesn't do surgery, right? That GP, GP is not a podiatrist. That GP is not a heart, you know, ear, nose and throat person. So, so I love, and, and some, some people like that analogy. And again, one of the neat things about going through this program with Greg is you're going to find those analogies that you feel comfortable with that kind of work into your world. But being able to say, look, I, I'm going to be the GP here. Like I, I'm, I'm your general doctor. I, I know, I know you need this, right? Uh, but I'm not that because this is my. But I have that. The phone call away, 
right? I can call the podiatrist and say, hey, you know what? This person's got plantar fasciitis and you need to go, you know, work over there. I love being able to go ahead and utilize. And in fact, I happen to be Greg, and I don't know how you feel about this. I love using the medical world uh, because I believe that attorneys and CPAs, uh, and there are other professions like that, that are actually on par with being a physician. And I like elevating people when they compare themselves to them because it makes them look at you as the attorney uh, very, very differently. What do you think about that? So I didn't share this with you. But part of our process is that we go in, we have a diagnostic, <laughs> you know, that that's, that's we, we, had the, we had the first meeting and, and, and we say, tell you what, uh, we, our next step is to deliver to you a diagnostic in the form of a one page plan uh, that addresses, just like you said, you know, we go through our processes to determine whether or not you've got high blood pressure. Blah 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 blah, and the, and this is um, what we think as we go through the diagnostic. What may be um, problems that we're seeing, and then this is the potential prescriptions. Which problems do you want to address now? People don't usually argue with the diagnostic or the prescriptive aspects of doctors. Why, why do they think it's okay to do that in the world of being a financial advisor or providing this financial guidance? That's a heck of a question, Matt. Um, I wish I knew the answer to it. I, th I think it, I think it is probably one of the root causes is uh, the prevalence of information. So you've got a financial condition and you can Google it all up uh, and there's not the apparent risk of death that if you try to self-diagnose uh, your, 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 you got a mole on your head, is it cancer? Uh, but I think that's part of it. And especially when you think about the information that people come across um, when they start Googling things. So when you got medical, so you know, absent the drug companies and and some maybe casting aspersion on the medical complex, mm -hmm. you don't really have people that are as vociferous about this is a right solution and that solution is absolutely wrong. Uh, you can you can identify the the fringe, but with the financial, you'll get two non fringe opinions that are diametrically different on the same solution for a problem that you're facing as a consumer. And that's where they need to have somebody that, that they can trust and they get to know, they get that trust by either, you know, trust clues by referred being referred to you because your other professional knows you and speeds that or, things like we do through proud mouth and getting our influence out there uh, or by showing them in your conversation, humility uh, and knowing that you've gained insight. I, I came back from one of my recent uh, trips to educate myself with, with a, another kind of a pithy statement. I've thrown a lot of pith out here today. That's all right. <laughs> and that is, Everybody has an opinion. People don't want opinion. People want insight learned by experience. Mm. And that is 
such a fulcrum to work off of. Uh, don't don't voice opinion. No, we this is the insight that we have seen, and we talk about WSN and the, and the mission. The mission is well, yeah, maybe I've got an opinion about uh, the pending downfall of Western civilization, mm-hmm. which, which is what we're trying to protect people against. That major correction is going to be, but if you, if you don't voice it as an opinion, but rather, you know, here's the insight that we've ga- gained from experts out there that say. You know, there is a huge possibility that this is going to happen during the time when I can show you mathematically, you're in a mathematical death spiral. This happens to you during the next handful of years. So let's try to build a bridge to the other side. And that's not an opinion. That's applying facts and applying outside expert, you know, their research to your client in front of you at the table. And people are going to accept that wisdom that you're imparting imparting on them when you give them the opportunity to get to know you. And, And that's the other component of influence that I think is wildly important, is you have to unapologetically be yourself. You have to be you, which means you're going to attract some people and you're going to repel other people. And people need to be okay with that, right? Um, You can't help everybody from the impending doom. You just can't because there are going to be people who just flat out don't like you, right? And then there's going to be other people who freaking love you. And you're like, why do they love me so much? I don't know, but they do, right? And and part of being that, listening, showing that receptivity, being humble, and also creating great portable content. So I got to get back to that though, Greg, because this is vitally important you have to make it so that people can consume your expertise when it's convenient for them. The world of the only time that you're ever going to hear from me is when we're sitting down and we're in this climate meeting. That is that is old school. That's as bad as Sandler sales training stuff. You know, what can I do to get you in this car today sort of statement? Today, people want to opt in. And if you can give them the opportunity through great content to opt in, that's actually when you accelerate that influence. And what we talk about here is escape velocity, right? So after you do it for 18 to 24 months, just to be clear, this is not a quick process uh, because people want to make sure that you have the investment in them as they're putting in you. Then all of a sudden your marketing seems weightless. You've done the reps, you know what to do, you know how to do it, you know where you're testing and you're seeing where people are consuming your content. That's actually truly where influence lies. Um, It's not being the next TikTok dancer or Instagram model. That's not what we're talking about. We're talking about you living in your world of expertise and sharing that expertise wisely or widely and being able to plug into a system like what you've built at WSN gives attorneys the opportunity to start doing great work for their clients, which is going to make them much, much more referable and having a much more profitable, but better relationship with their clients. So uh, with with that, what what do you have to say to kind of wrap the show up today? So I I want to Harken back to one thing you said there for the WSN member that's listening to this or potential member, Uh, because a guy like myself, uh, I never had any issues getting people to to do what I suggested that they do as a lawyer. Uh, And when I embarked upon the broader financial advisor world and adding these other services as part of it, they don't always say yes. You can't save everybody. And and that really was a difficult lesson for me to internalize. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and being able 
to not only accept that, hey, this whole game is set up that if I can get one out of 10, I'm okay. I'm better than okay. <laughs> uh, and, and for the other ones, you know, you've delivered value as best you can. The part way is friends. You don't say, hey, let me go see what my manager does, uh, see if I can get you in this car today. But rather, you back away gracefully and part as friends. And that helps you build your influence throughout your community. To get back to our central point here today, yeah. is, is this is all about influence and using it in an appropriate fashion to help your people move from where they are to the state that they want to be and finding out that state and building that bridge by asking deeper questions and actually listening, which is a skill that most attorneys can be excellent at. All right. If people want to find out more, where do they go? www.joinwsn.com. Fantastic. All right, everybody. Well, listen, if you know of an estate planning attorney who needs to hear this, you need to share this, right? And this actually is a magnificent podcast to really see if the person you're sharing this with is going to be a good fit for WSN because they got to buy into this component of it. I mean, is the system fantastic? Can you make a lot of money doing it? Can you help a lot of people? Absolutely. But you got to have the right mindset going into this. This is a solution. Wealth solutions. It's a solution, right? You need to be in that that sort of abundance, open sharing mindset. And when you have that, everything else falls into place. So for Greg, uh, this is Matt Halloran, and we'll see you on the other side of the mic very soon. Thank you for listening to the March to a Million podcast. Click the follow button to be notified when new episodes become available and get in touch with our team by visiting our website at www.wealthsolutionsgroup.biz or give us a call at 614-432-8065. The information covered and posted represents the views and opinions of the guest and does not necessarily represent the views or opinions of Wealth Solutions Network. The content has been made available for informational and educational purposes only. The content is not intended to be a substitute for professional investing advice. Always seek the advice from qualified financial service providers with any questions you may have.